Welcome to the I Want More Comics Podcast. I'm Richie. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. I'm Keith. And we're at a whole new episode. We're episode 16. I mean, wow, we can drive Who's legally. Who's giving us a cake? It's a sweet 16. <laughs> sweet 16. Mm. You don't get a cake, you get like a mansion and... Oh, oh that's 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 I want watch a pony. TV. the new sweet sixteen. You that's get a mansion a, oh, and like yeah. a Bugatti and all this. this I'm gonna be stuff. real demanding this episode. <laughs> temper tantrums. I want a pony. What you do with a pony? You know, you know, old re- school. I like. <laughs> you know what I really want? Heard is this joke today about a pony. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sort of <laughs> PG-13 podcast. Though. Kind of. Yeah, I'm not telling the joke. <laughs> well, what I really want is for us to go into the news. Yeah, so uh, started. We we have quite a bit to talk about this week. Um, first off, we received this week our Valiant Keys to open Ooh. the four thousand and one. They still around your sweaty necks? No, not at the moment. Not at the moment because oh, we're we're God. both in the same room <laughs> and we cannot be in the we same can't room. Hold the keys at the same time. Exactly. In the same room. Exactly. Those are nerds. It's it's like it's like nuclear launch codes. We That's have to right. be at different places. Yes. We've hidden them in a secure location. That's, that is correct. You two, you two do realize you're bringing us down, right? <laughs> no, As no, no. I feel like we're lifting us up. I, I agree. Is, uh, I agree with you. Your lens is much different than my lens. <laughs> That's right. So, so Richie, um, for the people who are just tuning in, yes, um, or want to know why we care about these keys, Where what are, are you we doing? Grabbing at the microphone. These keys are important because they open the time capsule, the uh, Valiant Four Thousand One AD time capsule that we received in June. Yeah, and it's coming up up on 8-31-2016 at 7pm we're going to have a bash celebrating Valiant yep. and we want everybody to come that's you know just Valiant hardcore fans and we're going to do a podcast we're going to talk about it and we're going to hand out some of the prizes that come from that time capsule we don't know what they are and we're excited to see who can get what Yep, absolutely. So definitely, you know, stop on by and join mm-hmm. us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, absolutely. We're going to even raffle off the box and the, the keys. The, the box and the keys go with it. So. Yep, absolutely. So definitely uh, check our Facebook, check our website. Yep. Um, if you everywhere. need any more details, anything like Instagram, that. Instagram, Twitter, yep. whatever you got. Follow yep. us. So definitely uh, join us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so now into some of the... Uh, comic book fun news some of the industry news fun and sad and yes interesting it's all over there's it's, a whole spectrum there's, there's a whole thing um uh, people actually came in and wanted to know our opinion about this today, which I thought was fun. Um, today, Christopher Priest, who's writing the Deathstroke comic, um, has said that after issue 12 of uh, Deathstroke, him and the, that book and Titans are going to cross over, and they're going to, and I quote, J.J. Abrams' The Judas Contract. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, he's going to retell... He says you can't tell the definitive origin of Deathstroke without talking about the Judas Contract, so they're going to redo that in modern comics. Some people love it, some people hate it. Um, I know Sean has feelings about J.J. Abrams, uh, which is fun. (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean... For people who've never read the Judas Contract, um, if you know if he does a good job and he 
keeps to the. Uh, well, what is the F- Judas contract? Judas contract, yeah, know. is is a, is a arc in um, the New Teen Titans that came out in the '80s. That is where Deathstroke was originally uh, first appeared, and they had an arc that tied in with the the Titans and Deathstroke. Went into the backstory of who he was, um, his family, and how they all kind of connected. Um, it's very famous. They're actually they just announced it as one of the DC animated feature films that they're going to be doing which mm-hmm. is a long time coming because they announced it way back in 2007 yeah. when they did uh, Death of Superman so it's been a long time coming so it's a it's one of those um, well loved um, storylines kind of like the death of uh, Jean Grey was you know for people who were into New Teen Titans during then that was a big story in the 80s mm-hmm. so some people uh, you know feel in different ways but we'll see how it is and, yeah uh, I mean we'll, we'll definitely talk about it when it, I think yeah. it comes out we'll give it a do I mean yeah. we can I mean what do you guys think of in a short uh, answer how do you feel about retellings do you think that there's a place for that after 20 years or do you think that if you want to know what it is you go back to it uh, okay <laughs> you guys want me to answer first <laughs> yeah let's go um, I'm pretty against them honestly okay. I don't I don't like them at all really okay I guess I, I don't know it if you want to read it, go back to the original content and read it. So you say go back and yeah. like, the story's been done, go there and do that. And I know, I know there's slight retellings of a lot of things in Correct. the yeah. comic book world. You retell stuff and reuse stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going directly after some arc that had already been written, right. then go back and read that arc. Don't be right. lazy. Okay. Um, I I'm a J.J. Abrams fan, so I like that if he's gonna if he's gonna add something new to the story while also talking a little bit of you know about something old, I'm fine with it. Okay. I, it's definitely. I think we'll you know we'll read it and we'll give it. I'll we'll make sure. Oh yeah, we no, give it'll, it two cents. Yeah, it'll when that cool. comes out, we'll have a. And it's only a couple months dis- away with the new you know yeah, double shipping. I mean, 12, so yeah, twelve is not that far. It's not We're that very far. Five. It's kind of ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> I mean, like I said, we'll we'll see where it goes and we'll the. We'll have a legit discussion there. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, the other thing that uh, broke today was that Civil War is going to be adding an extra issue. It's going to be an eight-issue series now. Um, and the last issue... Hey, it's the new Marvel way. Yay! <laughs> and it's going to be the called... New, the new old Marvel way. <laughs> and, the, and the name of the book, because uh, they gave a name to the book, was The Final Vision. So is it like the final countdown? Knew you would do that. Absolutely, love that song. So um, Bendis, it's going to be the same creative team. They said they okay. wanted to add a extra issue to end it right. So that's going to be coming out. Uh, they just announced that today. I'm not sure. It sounds like anything more than an epilogue. Yeah, it's, that's kind of what I was yeah, thinking. So I'm not, I'm not thinking that it's much of a change there. It just yeah. happens to be more of a. If they think that the epilogue Ramp is down, more important than instead of putting it out as a one shot you know they did uh, that remember that one shot they did for the wrap up of Siege oh yeah you know, mm-hmm. with the yeah. you know, with the, the century and the pieces like that. Uh, it was a piece that was generally thought of as something you could skip over. Huh. And mm-hmm. so if you're putting this into and calling it actually issue number blah blah blah, it makes somebody feel like that they have to read it to complete the whole thing. And it is a piece like that. If it's just mark marketing to sell it, that's a bummer. If it's substantive content, then that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. We we will see when that uh, hits in a couple months. All right. 
another thing that I thought was very interesting, this was actually a question that was posed onto uh, Comic Book Resources, which is an online website. Okay. Um, Rebirth topped the July sales. Uh, DC was the um, most of the, you know, more than of the market share than Marvel is. Right. And that hasn't happened in, you know, a long time. And so somebody brought up the question, uh, actually CBR did and said, how long can that last? How can how long can that last with what they're doing? Um, and for someone like me, who's a DC fan, was very uh, heartwarming to see that most people said, as long as the stories and the art is good, I'm happy to buy two books a month. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to hear what you guys think. Do you think that this is, you know, uh, do you think that they can hold out for a while? Do you think that um, they are going to, you know, just kind of get back into a lull and they're not going to be the top of the game anymore? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Because it's been, I think it's two months running that they're on top. So how long do you think that they got? This is something I looked at today because of how we lay out the store and now we have a new release rack. And it was yep. something I was thinking of, especially now that we've gotten deeper into Rebirth titles, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing um, different ones hit uh, today, and you know they keep adding on, and we keep getting yep. more. Yep. And I was thinking in the concern of it, you know, overtaking, you know, being the mm-hmm. the ever-growing fungus that can never <laughs> that is rebirth. be, contro- <laughs> be controlled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebirth goes from but, this end of the store yeah. all the way around the corner to the back end. <laughs> sure. But the reality is, is that the prior to rebirth. Um, they seem to have put out almost exactly the same number of books. Because yeah, when I yeah. count mm-hmm. up what it takes up on the shelf space, it's taking up about the same. They're putting out the same number of books per month. We just happen to be, instead of getting all these little, and this is what they said in the beginning, instead of getting all these little offshoot Batman yep. titles, we're just getting these titles twice a month. Yep, right. And so I don't think that it's a problem with people you know, finding attrition in it or, you know, like just getting too tired. Um, it's something that you can turn around and and continue to be part of if you're if you're enjoying the ride. I we saw for a long period of time people that wax and wane their likes into comics based upon the quality of what's being put out. Yeah. And this is hundred percent what should happen. You should like the stuff that's really good. Yep. You should not you should be lukewarm into not caring about the stuff that's not put out that's well. And it's always tougher, of course, to get ancillary characters up to speed. You know, we yeah. saw we saw good books coming out, you know, like Midnighter. Yeah. But didn't carry the sales numbers yeah. because um, you know, it's not enough people know what that guy is or right. care about it or whatever. Sure. So, sure, it's easier to sell two Supermans, two Batmans, two Detectives, two mm-hmm. Action, two Wonder Woman. All all that's much, much more simpler and easier to reach as far as the audience. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like we've heard, had a big feel, uh, uh, pushback about people saying, oh, no. I'm, I'm now done. I can't can't handle two titles a month. We're yeah. still early. We're still three yeah, months no, in. Yeah. I actually months. think people are having a harder time trying to decide what they're going to buy because they want to buy all of it. Yeah. yeah no, I've no, seen yeah. more of that. I'm in that boat. I... Because I've had people go, well, I'm going to buy these, and then when I get paid, I'll come back, and I'll buy the other ones I can't yep. put on my home slot, or I'm going to miss right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like I was saying, telling somebody earlier today, since you and I switched, and I worked the early shift today on Wednesday, the first three people in the door, majority was DC Rebirth stuff. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, I agree. I think that, I think that at the end of the day... 
Comic book fans want good stories, and they want to feel like when they spend their $2.99, it's worth it. And if you do that, they will continue to buy that no matter what. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's two times a month, three times a month. If it is, this was awesome for $2.99. I can't wait for the next, you know, issue. No problem, um, and that's and that's and honestly, that's personally for me. I know it's a little different, you know, because uh, I'm one of the owners and I see the stuff all the time. But I love it when I read something. I go, man, I really loved Aquaman, and then because of how busy you know life gets. If it does not feel very long, it actually <laughs> feels like a couple days, and it says the next Aquaman is here. I was gonna like, say Whoa. that it, it feels oh, it kind of like reading mini trades now. Like I yeah. haven't read a single issue of Batman in months, and it's it like just a perpetual motion machine yeah, of comics it, coming out. Yeah, right now. It just it feels like every time I go down to sit, instead of reading one comic, I'm reading three. Yeah, no, the other <laughs> night, the other night I sat down to read Batman four, <laughs> and I read it, and I was like, oh, I really like this. Really good. And then five just hit today so i was like wow okay so i think it's a good thing um i think that like i said i think people just want good stuff and if yeah. you give it to them they will they will i think it, it will last as long as the stories are good and all of the stories that i've read in all of rebirth has been have been captivating yeah and it has been a no risk situation at mm-hmm. 2.99 the price point isn't crazy and it being a, a consistent it doesn't change it to you know for it's essentially what six bucks for forty-eight pages. Is that right? Uh, Somewhere around there, a little less. A little less, yeah. But, but some, I thought they were twenty-two page comics. So forty-four yeah. page, four, yeah, forty-four but, pages for six bucks every month is great. It's fantastic to read, and they're the characters that I care about. So it's just, it's like going to stuff. recess mm-hmm. every day. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, so then. On to some sadder news. Um, we just found this out today that Robert Kirkman has announced that he's going to be ending Invincible at issue 144. Uh, yeah. Kills me. Yeah, I know. Hello, I, you know Smile, I, friend. I can't think of it as sad news. I turn around and think that Kirkman has always advocated that ending a story when you don't have a story to tell anymore. Yeah. And while we constantly got something new out of this and we constantly got a little bit of enhancement to it, um, to not see it go into its graying years of trying to still throw the football when it can't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and currently it's wrapping around to its lo- what would be a logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. So the story is wrapping the way he's going to write it. He said it's, yeah. he's going to wrap it into kind of where it started. The the article that uh, has been going around in his interview about it, uh, the thing he was saying that. Every time he was talked about the ending, he always wanted to be like he said. He always wanted to like be really old and reading a, an invincible comic of someone else writing it and him like throwing it in the air and being like, "That's not invincible." And he know <laughs> he like succeeded on it. And uh, he, but he said that the tropes that Invincible is is uh, the anti superhero comic book. Everything that they do is kind of a homage to what comics do in a big bad way, but with a twist on it that capitalizes the insanity that of what it would be to actually have consequence in that kind of universe. Yeah, and yeah, because when they, everything when there's big fights and people die, people die, people die, and they, they don't, don't come back. back. Right. <laughs> so it's it does fit the conclusion of ending the story and not taking it to the forever t- yeah, yeah forever even as much as he even thought that was something he might want to do he feels like 
this is the way you end Invincible, and it's the way to stay true to the people that have been reading it forever. So oh, yeah, I love this book. To, to me, it is the best superhero book. But it's a fantastic book. Yeah, it's just gonna be sad. It's for selfish reasons. It's just gonna be sad not to see <laughs> it on the your shelf. Friend every month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, Richie wanted to talk really quickly about something that he geeked out about today. Well, I just, I have to throw it out He just wants to throw it out really quickly, because he can't stop talking yeah, about it. Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar are going to be back in a movie with Batman, <laughs> The Return of the Cape Crusaders. It's an animated film, DC, and I just, it's He's, hilarious. There's a teaser trailer for it. You have to listen to it. It's just... It's bringing back. It makes him very awesome. happy. Isn't there a smile, like Family Guy? Uh, no. There you go. There you go. So it's. I think. I think people that enjoy the show or the series are going to really enjoy it. Oh sure. For yeah, yeah, I mean the smile that you have on your face about it. Batman fans are going to be very. Happy. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, last but not least, uh, we want to give a shout out to Sherelle. Yes. Uh, today was Ooh. her. <laughs> today <laughs> was forgotten. today was her last day. Employee. Of the, she's been an had been an employee of the store for two years. Yep. She long did time. all of our eBay stuff, and yep. <laughs> we're really grateful she did because we all would have went insane. Yes, we would have. Yes, we would have. <laughs> um, she's gonna go on and do some do do a fun job and she's a good flight attendant. Flight attendant. That's right. It'll she's be gonna fun. be pointing at you and telling you to put your seatbelt <laughs> belt buckle. Remember belt buckle. Belt yes, buckle. yes. And your seat is a flotation device. So today was her last day. And we just wanted to get her a shout out and a thank you for yep. all the hard work and being a part of the family. Yep, absolutely. We'll miss you. Yep, absolutely. We'll, we'll miss you. All right. All right. From there, I mean, that's a good way to end the news and kind of move into a more happy note. Maybe our picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's right. Um, pow. Pow. <laughs> um, so from there, uh, let's go with uh, Sean because I'm interested in your Why? pick. <laughs> I like. I like your pick. So my pick is actually the Black Monday Murders uh, from Image Comics. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Hickman writes it. Tom Coker, I think it's how you pronounce his last name. I could be wrong on that. Does the art duties? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, and the art um, is fantastic. Art is fantastic. This is a thick book. Oh man, yeah, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit more of a dense read yes. than what you're, what really? you're normally going to get. Yes, yeah. uh, so yeah, yeah. words. Yeah. Uh, so I, not, not living to oh twenty two pages. I, I, I have this book and I haven't read it I because have. I need to sit down Utterly and shocked. really, really sit down and read it. I mean, so I have read it and it is <laughs> <laughs> it's dense as he says. You have to really open yourself to the world that he's presenting you. And oh yeah, well you, he opens it up. And, and the first page, right before you see all their the introductions of who's yes. working on the book, it says it's the story of human sacrifice, uh, awesome. which is kind of interesting. Very right. interesting. Yeah. So this this revolves around the stock market, yes, stockbrokers, um, that kind of thing, and it also revolves around every time we've had like a black market crash or a stock market crash, yes. like Black Monday, mm -hmm. which happened in 1929. That's how the story starts out. Yeah. So it's you're dealing Monday, with yeah. stockbrokers, and they call themselves the institution. Uh -huh. And they have basically set it up to where they're going to be powerful and extremely wealthy with the stock market. Right. And if the stock market turns bad, they end up having to sacrifice. Yes. Not necessarily themselves. No. <laughs> all right, all right. To to save he their interests. In the stone chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a really interesting book on on like money and power and kind of a 
Hickman is always very yeah. layered. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's very much there, and like how how it would mix with if you were um, basically selling your soul to a god. Correct. Which is well, I think the gods Mammon. Mammon. Mammon yeah. yeah, that's the name. I did write that down. Mammon. Um, but it's just it's interesting. Like it, it's a Hickman book. If you it's, like Hickman work, it looks classic Hickman. Yeah, with it, the, it's with very the dense, and it's got pages on it that are designed that kind of give you like he'll do part of the comic and then it'll come with one full page of text but yeah. it, the text describes everything about the characters it's kind of opening up the world reading. so you understand a little bit more as yes. you move forward but and he'll put like symbolism in there and he'll put he just Hickman he puts everything plus the kitchen sink in his books <laughs> yeah. so if you want a really dense read that's really really well done and talks about money power corruption correct then go with this one that's, well, I, I highly I recommend it, it it was an it was definitely a dense read. It's definitely like uh, Zach said, you want to sit down and read it. It's not something that you can just browse through and then yeah. kind of move on. Yeah, yeah. Like if you tried to browse through this, you'd have no, you would have you, no you, idea what's going on. You'd be yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. What? Why are you doing this? And it's, and it's one of those things where when it's with a Hickman book, because uh, I've read them before, you have to sit down and you have to look at all the symbols. You have to read the. You have to read what he puts on there, even if it looks like just some random words turned upside down or whatever he's doing. You have to read those. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go, I'm just going to read the word balloons, and that's it would make the it. story make a lot more sense if you did read those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, it, like I said, I, I'm waiting for my day off to sit down and spend, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to... Uh, to read it. To read it. Right. So, for my pick this week, I'm going to do uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number 24. <laughs> I... <laughs> I absolutely. <laughs> I think we just growl at the microphone. What the hell was that? That was my Darth Vader, actually. That was a, that was a Darth Did you Vader. Take a shot from your ass. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm okay now. I'm alright. I'm alright. Alright, I'm fine. Let, let's leave special effects to the professionals. <laughs> I'm fine. It's all good. So, Darth Vader, the comic book, <laughs> uh, number twenty-four. Uh, is this issue blew me away. I read it um, last week and I I keep giving it to people just to read. You don't you don't have to read really quickly. Yeah. How many issues are left? Two? One. One, One? is it 25? 25? 25. Uh, I can't. Over. I can't. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to think of it because it's wanna. so good. Uh, I mean, people are actually mad about that, uh, and people keep asking us why. I said, "Well, because the creative team said they want to have a tell a complete story," and they yeah. said, "I don't care." It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody Who cares told, what the somebody told team me wants. that the other day, and I went, uh, "That's a pretty uh, common uh, attitude." In I have days. no <laughs> argument for that. <laughs> so. uh, either way, you don't have to read a single issue before this to read this comic and enjoy. The only thing you need to know is that the villain is the gentleman that built Darth Vader's suit and he had a kill switch and he shut him down that's all you need to know and you can read this issue number 24 and it takes you it it just dives into the mentality of Darth Vader and his his just I guess his drive to become something more than human. The fact that the Force is really what you should fear. Not Darth Vader. He's just a tool for the Force, and it's going to take you down. There's nothing going to stop him. And it kind of shows you when he when he gets taken down by the kill switch. It kind of he has to have like this moment of, moment of weakness, and he has to deal with that. And and a lot of Darth Vader, the whole series, and Sean, I know that you've been reading this like crazy. I wouldn't say that he's come up to a lot of like challenge at all. 
he kind of mows through everything that he's been put in front he's of. He's Darth Vader you like to see. Yeah, it's just, he just hasn't had an issue. And in this one issue, uh, he has a moment of weakness, and he, the way he gets through it is just fantastic. It kind of breaks down everything that goes on behind his eyes and behind the drive that he is, and really shows you the power of the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Can't Thank say the dark guys. side without like throwing that little dark side. Dark side. No. <laughs> yeah. Something 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 dark, dark side. side. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, I suggest this series and I will until I guess the last one. <laughs> and then you won't suggest month. it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> so but you know there's I w- trades, right? You can, you, you can suggest you can trades. There's, no, no, <laughs> there's no. trades and there's they also all also have already announced well, a and Zach and I Zach and I talked about this that uh the this is actually gonna be a really great story to read straight through. Yeah. Like yeah. if you were just to take your singles and put them all together mm-hmm. and just read from one to twenty five. Yeah, that's I what think, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sit down and do that. I think that it will flow really well and kind of slide into a, an, a truly epic story. Something, oh yeah. Something that you'll want in your comic book collection. Yeah. So. Yeah. Darth Vader. Um. You know. Uh. You can you can argue you know for which one, but I think it's been probably the best. Ongoing oh, yeah. book since they, since Marvel has taken it on, um, you know there was di- you know different moments in Kanan that were great and there were stuff uh, I I enjoyed the Lando miniseries mm-hmm. quite yeah. a bit yeah but but consistently it's been fantastic yeah um, they uh, they have already announced that they're going to do an omnibus nice all twenty five issues in one hardcover so whenever I think that's coming out in a couple months you can sit mm-hmm. down and read this this awesome book and so. I, yeah I think that it would be worth it but if you haven't read it you could still mm-hmm. pick up twenty four and enjoy enjoy it just for and it will give you a statement on how well this entire series has been written so yep. same creative team the whole way through all, all so, way through yep. uh, there's no change no fluctuation in the the message so mm-hmm. um, that's my pick and uh, it should be yours as well so <laughs> Zach what about you what's yours uh, so my pick is going to be um, it's, it's probably not going to be shocking but I am I, I'm completely but, but the the thing that I want to talk about is why I picked this book. Um, my pick is going to be uh, Superwoman number one. Excellent. And and not just because I'm a Superman fan. You know, uh, I knew before I got this that I was going to dig it because I like the whole lore of Superman. I enjoy all that. You know, as a Superman fan, you know, you're going to enjoy it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. But what I wanted to talk about was how this was written and drawn by Phil Jimenez. Excellent. And I think that... He did a fantastic job of talking about some great characters, and this is not going to be a spoiler because it's on the cover, but Lana Lang and Lois Lang. They are the two main characters in this book, and it is going to be about how, um, if people have been reading Superman, something happened to both of them. Something um, happened during the death of Superman stuff, and they're kind of talking about that inside this book. Um, the reason why I I think that this is a fantastic book for you do not have to be a Superman fan to read this book. Okay. I think that Lois Lane and Lana Lang have always been strong characters. They've been written that way in action comics, Superman recently. They still are, but this mm-hmm. book is centered on them and about how fantastic of characters that they are. So when we keep talking about all the time about. Um, 
you know, getting more female superheroes into the marketplace, writing right. some great stories with them. I really feel like like <clears throat> Phil Jimenez uh, did a really good job with this. These are not Superman clones. They don't have the exact same powers. It's not just a oh, these two girls are just going to be Superman light. Right. That's that's not that's not what they what they are. My question to you as someone that doesn't read a lot of super uh, super stories is yes. Superwoman. How would that differ from Supergirl? Uh, so Superwoman, um, they're just differing it by. There's been super women before mm-hmm. um, uh, on Earth two. The you know the crime syndicate stuff. Yes, There's yes. Uh, that that was another title. Um, mm-hmm. And Grant Morrison's run on All Star Superman. Yeah. Uh, when Lois Lane got the the powers for the day, so that you know she could see what it was like to be Superman. Right. She was called Superwoman. So when you use the so Superwoman um, in the past has been used to differ Lois Lane. I gotcha. Um, between uh, you know like Supergirl. I gotcha. Um, but and funny enough, there's some twists in this book about who Superwoman is. Um, so, which I really enjoyed. Right. Um, that's another thing that I really enjoyed about this comic is that this, out of all the rebirths so far, um, Phil Jimenez really gets into like an old school vibe. And what I mean by that is that the artwork's just so much fun. You know, Phil Jimenez loves George Perez, so it so it's sometimes it's laid out that way. Uh, it, you know, if you've seen Phil Jimenez art, it's yeah, it's awesome. It's really nice. And 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 he and he draws it. You know, just as well as he's done other things. Hmm. Uh, it's a fun it's a fun book with great female strong characters that really hasn't really been delved in too much. Like I said, All Star Superman sometimes in the Silver Age, but not really. So it's a great wealth of information, and it's so a it great place like with other. Re- Rebirth ones, just like other rebirths, it's taking it's encompassing a lot of history and story, and kind of throwing in a new angle. And, yeah, and yeah. Kind of punctuate punctualizing the uh, the history that is Superwoman into one. Yeah, and and series. and they're showing you um, just the differences of the the main characters, some of the villains, you know, things like that. So okay. if you're looking for a really fun book that you and like I said, you don't need to know. Um, all the, what I told you right there is all you need to know is that they got hit with some energy and they have to figure out what that was and why they have powers now. And that's yeah. that's that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, and you can just jump on in. So if you're looking for a really fun book, I would definitely suggest this. All right, excellent. All right, well, from there, I mean, if we're ready, we can go into Spinning the Rex. Spinning the Rex! Spinning the Rex! All right, so today we decided to talk about um, our... Our collections, right? Yep. Our comic collections and the differences between the four of us, and uh, what makes, what kind of drives our collection in general, and how we keep. Or for it some of us, it's like what we used to, how right. we used to collect. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the evolution that is your collection. You know, I know that a few of you have gone through a couple collections, and you know. Yeah, getting rid of stuff, getting so. rid of stuff, shifting focus on what you get. It's just things like that. It's an interesting topic to me it because is. we all are huge fans of this, you know, culture, and each one of us collect very differently. I think. Yes. So, let's start off with the beginning days. Uh, what got you into collecting? What, at what point did you consider yourself a collector? Uh, so I guess for me, I mean. 
like I, we've talked about it, you know, on the podcast before. My mom used to buy me trades and things like that. Right. But it wasn't until I started listening to podcasts in um, early high school mm-hmm. where uh, they talked about, oh, you know, every, you know, I stopped by the comic book store this week and I did this this week and this came out this week, and it it really didn't dawn on me until. You know, until I was much older, that they came out weekly and they came out monthly and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I got to do that one of these days. Yeah, but she was getting you mostly trades and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was always trades, and it was always so you like, were always where you were working on from the beginning, and you were doing yeah. collected editions and playing kind of catch up. Yeah, exactly. What your reading style? Was. Yeah, and I went, oh, I have the first two X Men Essentials. I could need to get three, four, and five. That was right. how I did it. But then I heard listening to podcasts. Oh yeah, you know, Superman came out this week, and I'm like, Superman comes out. You know, <laughs> what's um, that now? <laughs> Every, every just month. not in these giant books. Yep. What so the? so I decided to uh, start going into one, and honestly, the things that I started with, which I think, um, well, I, th- I guess a lot of people do, is is what they're familiar with. This was younger Zach voice. Younger, younger. So I want the Batman, <laughs> <laughs> and I want Spider Man, nice, and I want X Men. Because I watched the I, I watched the Spider-Man cartoon, so, I watched the Batman cartoon, I watched mm-hmm. the X-Men cartoon, and, you wanted and, I, and I wanted the Superman. So uh, I remember going in there and saying, uh, I would like those, and they were like, "Yep, here's this, and here's a Grant Morrison Batman comic for you." <laughs> uh, you know, which was that'll set you off. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. I remember. I if I remember correctly, I when I was a kid, when I was uh, reading it, I was like, "I don't understand this," uh, but. <laughs> It was Graham Morrison. Yeah. So, so I mean, so when I started collecting, it was really, uh, it was really focused on things that I knew. You know, okay. uh, I was like, oh yeah, I, I read Maximum Carnage. I really liked Venom, so I want to read whatever Venom's in, right. and Carnage, and Spider-Man, um, X-Men. Oh yeah, Wolverine's cool. You know, things like that. Okay. And that's kind of how I started. What about you, Sean? What would you say your intro to collecting was like when? When I first felt like I, I needed to actually yeah. keep up and buy. Right, like start really building. Well, for my intro, it was, because I, I bought, like I said, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier in a yeah, different podcast. It was, it was but, a, I think, the first podcast we talked yeah, about. Yeah. So, so my, like my very intro to it was definitely still Infinity Gauntlet. Right. I bought number four. That issue blew me away. I hunted down the, the rest of them, and because uh-huh. the, the series was just finishing up at that point when I first started you know, feeling like I had to go buy these comics. Mm-hmm. And... Like I wasn't, I wasn't well off by any means. <laughs> right. So I suddenly found myself trying to do odd jobs, just to get money to start buying. Just to buy, you know, other comics that tied do. in with that. Excellent. And that led me down the road of well, these X Men are they're really cool. I kind of I kind of want to get into some mm-hmm. X Men. Yeah. <laughs> so I just jumped in the middle. Oh, that is yeah. the worst night oh, no. decision I, ever. <laughs> no, I was fine, dude. I was I'm, like, I'm, I was like, jump I'm jumping the, right in the middle. Yep. I'm jumping uh-huh. in right here, and this is going to be fine. I'll just figure it out as I go. Yep, right. I, you can usually put two and two together and mm-hmm. figure out where the story is going. And I think when I jumped in is when they first did the division of the teams. Okay. I'm pretty uh, sure that's about where it was. Blue at. and gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And. It was took a little bit to figure out what why there was two different teams suddenly right. and what the hell was going on. <laughs> but, yeah, they so I was like, what, what, what? This what is happened? doing okay, cool. I guess this is what we're doing. It's awesome. But I mean, I, you know, I was a pretty huge Marvel fanboy at the yeah. time, and that's that's kind of where my wheelhouse was. Right. And it wasn't until much later that I started collecting more indie stuff. But. Okay. You know, it, it's just it's one of those things where I had read so much superhero stuff that mm-hmm. it evolved, and I oh, yeah, wanted to do something different. That's where it so. stuck. And what about you, Keith? 
Where would you say that? It, I know that it began in X-Men with you, right? Or nope. am I wrong on that? Oh, no. You're no. wrong. Totally oh. wrong. <laughs> Started buying originally with um, Death of Superman and Nightfall. Nightfall. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's where I started, And then too. abandoned the DC titles for the X-Men about a year later, two years later, something like that. Two years? Yeah. And then you started just going after everything, right? X-Men? Uh, I was reading the current stuff, and I was picking up what I could of the, the older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same with me. I started in Nightfall. Um, very first comic ever was the Zaz issue of Nightfall. Okay. And I read it thinking, wow, that's really unfortunate that, that it didn't really feel like a story at all. It didn't <laughs> end? It didn't feel like it began or end. It was just kind of there. Huh. And then I started in trades, and I was a little... I, kind of a dunce when it came to comic books in general because I, I found the trades and I was like oh that's a sucker's game the singles like the <laughs> trades is where it's at so I thought that you didn't know what you were doing if you were buying singles I thought like <laughs> it was a secret that you could get all of them in one and be fine it was a secret <laughs> it was a secret that's I was, awesome. this is how awful it was I was at Barnes and Nobles collecting trades so that's <laughs> oh no yeah, Barnes and Noble so my rough, mom yeah. got them yep so uh, it was around 2006 when I started uh, really diving into comic book stores and the brick and mortar and started picking up single issues. And when I started reading those, it just it expanded and I needed every single one and got, went from there. Um, with me, it ended up, I went with a group of guys and we decided which comics we were going to buy and then we would just tell each other because we were poor. Every single one of us were just broke. So if I bought all the Batmans, my friend would buy all the Supermans and then we would tell each other what the stories were and kind of be aware of everything around us. And that's how that worked for several years for us. Um, and uh, <clears throat> That's how our collections started, you know. Okay. And then we would trade comics and do that route. And but you always had your. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a way to. They kind of started doing it in like the fifties and. That's 60s. an old school that's way. That's kind of yeah, an old school yeah. way. Yeah, All your friends buy something different than you trade. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what we did. <laughs> we would go every Thursday. We'd you know meet, play video games, and talk comic books. And, the, and that's he would put, put the, the baseball card yep. in your uh, spokes. Oh, I did not put that. Make a clicky <laughs> sound. I was gonna say yes. <laughs> he folds the comics and put them in his back pocket. Yeah, that's what you do. You fold that's them exactly up. That's exactly what you do. Like twenty one, twenty two. Then you go pick up on on women, I guess. Your comic folded in your back pocket. That's right. Um, so from there, you you slide into legit collecting, where you start gaining every arc, and you try to fill out the ones that you're missing. In this case, uh, you kept with the single comics, right, Zach? Or? Um, oh yeah, no, I mean I, uh, I I went I went as always, you know, as as a lot of people do, I went crazy, uh-huh. and I went Justice League. Yeah, let's do Justice League. Let's do Avengers, and and I started getting tons of stuff that I didn't, you know, originally have a mind to get. Right. And I realized after a while was that the Superman, the Batman, the X Men, all that sort of stuff was not exactly like the TV shows, or the things that I, you know, um, oh, right. Just yeah. new. Yeah, and it was new, and 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 I was like, wow, these are different, and you know, things started to click. I remember reading Justice League. I remember getting that and going, I really like Justice League. Growing up as a kid, I was always like, except for the X-Men, I didn't like team books. For some weird reason, I just went, yeah, X-Men are cool, but the you know the Avengers or whoever, they just don't really... Fl- I want to know about one character, and I want to see you know his 
his or her everyday life and all that stuff. But it clicked after I read some Justice Leagues. I'm like, no, you get eight heroes and you get beautiful drawings and you get huge adventures that they all have to, you know, throw themselves into. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. So I started to really like team books and you know it, it opened yeah, but, up the world. Yeah, but you're collecting like you get you get kind of crazy. You might find something you like in a, in a character or mm-hmm. one thing, and for two weeks you are like a rabid psychopath. Well, I mean, but, trying to hunt this. Down. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, because I because I love that's one of the biggest things is that I mean this isn't a history podcast, but I love the history and I love knowing that stuff. And I, I agree, I have no problem jumping into anything. But you know, I went Justice League. I want to know the beginnings of Justice League. Where did it start? Mm-hmm. You know, who's the original team members? And and somebody, it's yeah, and somebody goes, oh yeah, you know, it's been going on for sixty years. Okay, let's <laughs> right, you know, let's start it. Let's do one. it. You know, yeah. so so it really opened up my eyes, and and I said, oh, you know, uh, and then here, you know, oh, there's been two hundred issues of X Men, which was at the time, and I was like, oh okay, so uh, but yeah, I continued. I'm st- I still like single issue. I'm still a big fan of single issues because right. I don't know, it's just fun to to have those. I don't know. Yeah, but on top of single issues, you also get other avenues of, of collecting right. as well. Sure, absolutely. Well, and yeah, so and that's kind of what I was getting at. So we both started with trades. Do you consider trades a collection piece? Uh, so I so this this is hard to to describe. I guess I feel like they are a separate collection and when I and not even a a pure um, collection. I do like to keep things together. You know, I want oh I want these four volumes or six volumes of Starman. But I the thing I love about trades is a you can sit and read them whenever and you don't have to pull out uh, the issues. The 23 comics, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and then also they're great for giving to people. Uh-huh. And and for doing that. So so I honest this is where I'm weird. I know this is what we want to talk about was our little weird in, you know. Yeah. Um I don't really like to buy many trades unless it's older stuff that I have not read. Okay. I don't like going I've never read you know this you know this image series i just want to pick up the trades because i like to own the trades of something that i love so a i can reread it you know on a right. snowy wintry whatever day yep. or somebody goes i've never heard of this saga or i want to read something that's really dark and okay or whatever here you right. go okay. um so i i'm not a, the hugest fan i mean older stuff golden age silver age i'll pick up trades if i've not read it because that's the easy way to get it right but it but that's just me what about so, you keith I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to still wrap my head around the concept of what we're really talking about in this about collections and all this because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen people who want to chase an artist and collect yeah. all yep. those things. I've seen guys who want to follow characters and right after they buy the comics, they fold them in half and shove them in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. discredit anybody in the world of collection because. At the end of the day, you're 100% on your own little things. Exactly. You know, your and own that's... islands and all this. And so, like you said earlier, you know, do you consider that a collection? Well, if you are going after bits and pieces and looking for, you know, sequencing and things like this, I mean, you're already into the world of collecting. Yeah. You're into the, and I guess really the only time you're not collecting is if you're just borrowing. Oh, I would yeah. agree with that. I would say, like, so I have all of... Um, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four, and Ultimate Spider-Man. I have all of Saga, I have all of Walking Dead, all in trade form. And uh, I've never owned a single issue of any of those. I just bought them in trades. Um, And they are a part of my collection. Uh, They're 
they're actually the most prominent part because you can see them. <laughs> I, everything else oh, is just yeah. very hidden away, but my trades are all out and exposed and ready to be shown. It's uh, what we're looking at is uh, what drives you to do that. Like um, for you, I know that you had a full collection of X Men, right? A full run. Well, I mean. I was, it was pretty comprehensive. It yeah, was, I was missing 40 or 50 issues of the entire Uncanny Run. I was missing variants on other stuff. <laughs> I remember right. when I first met you and you brought me in your house and you're like, yeah, I got a little X-Men collection. And you took me downstairs and your collection was about half the size of my entire comic book collection, which was fairly sizable of mostly just X-Men. And you're like, yeah, little, little, little X-Men collection little right here, just this little one right here in this closet. I'm like, what? Yeah, was, yeah. Well, and from there, so you downsized on well, that. Well, he was, he was actually the introduction to me of like finding everything, and I mean everything. Like, he was the so first person to... that I ever talked to that was like, I gotta have all variants, meaning second printings, if it came out of a toy. Mm-hmm. And that, when he actually talked to me about that, it blew my mind. I was like, you, you're you chasing the second printings? You're not, you just don't want the one copy? You just have, like, a run? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like, That's no, awesome. I gotta have all the variants. Yeah. I gotta have the weird gold foil variant well, that and, they and, did two copies of. And, I gotta, and, I'm gonna like, find the guy who owns one of those. I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna take it. I'm like, what? <laughs> the, the, the misprints, you know. There's yeah. there's misprints that I never knew about that were in X Men and. And see, oh, yeah. that collecting fascinates me because I've never gone. That is after a that is absolute. You should absolutely take it as an example of what not to do. because because that's what it was is that I gave up and I didn't care. I brought uh-huh. in my entire collection here to the store when we had the store and I sold it here. I, there's you're staring at boxes right there if you look at that were part of my collection that still Uh have some of my stuff in it and I didn't care. I absolutely threw it away. Now, when I say throw it away, I'm going to use the asterisk that obviously it was my store. I was a part of this with these guys that Mm -hmm. we all made money on this and they kept things going and I'm sure there was a little bit of it that meant something in the early days. But I didn't get money out of it. Right. I... I gave it away mm-hmm. to the store to make the store, you know, a little bit fuller, a little bit more successful. Mm-hmm. And I never cared about getting anything out of it back. Right. Um, and I had to give it away, in my mind, because when we were in those early days, and you're not, you're, I, I could, I could previously drop a thousand dollars a month in comics, and completely pay all my other bills and live a nice life because mm-hmm. that's what my budget was back then. Right. And there was times he did. And it was gone. Yes. That budget was no longer there. So there's a big deal. Like you're a comic book store owner and you own all this stuff and you get it all at cost, blah, blah, blah. Well, none of that's really true. Mm-hmm. You still, all of it will cost you somewhere. Yeah, if you absolutely. want to turn, Zach goes on a rampage someday and decides that I'm going to pick up turtles today and he yeah. goes and he tries to grab all of the easy easy to find back issues stuff we've got in the bins at three dollars a piece and he wants to turn around and have it and own it for himself well he still pays the store something for it and yeah, it's right. still something we won't sell at the store for profit so right. there's still there's still numbers inside all of it uh-huh, all the exactly. new comics that are that we get on a week-to-week basis we still pay you know to get them here they don't we don't get X amount of copies for free. You know, oh, yeah, none yeah. of that happens. Yeah, so never. It's it's part of it's part of the pay. Which <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to continue to collect and grab everything and anything that's out there, um, uh, and and still make the bills around here. Yeah. So I quit. So were you ever happy with your collection? I don't think so. As a completionist and trying to get all of it, I mean, well, it he always, used to bring me I lists. Like dude. It, 
Feels like was, a, he, he a would bring me. Chase. He would bring me a couple page list and be like, "Can you find all these for me?" And I, I would do it. I'd go um, hunt down and find a good chunk of the stuff he was looking for. There was definitely some points in time I was happy reading what I bought. I got to enjoy reading a storyline or something sure. like that. Uh-huh. But I think the actual art of collecting, I don't think works for me. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't. I think my personality is against it, and my personality is only. On the eternal chase of completion, and if it's not complete, it's a tax to be completed, and if it's one of these types of things that can almost never be completed, you're never going to be satisfied with it. I I've, see that. So, so I've collected DVDs. Quick, I've what, what are you collecting right now? You have one one certain thing you're hunting down everything for right now. The comment, the uh, the cards, the yep, the Marvel masterpiece mm-hmm. new set. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm buying. I've, and how much of a monster is that? Ben's for you so far. Well, you figure that we sell we sell here like a 1992 set of Marvel masterpiece in the case for like 15 bucks. Yeah, like that's it's cool. It's your nostalgia. It's 25 years old. You know that's really cool. The brand new set and all this, I spent personally at our cost. Twelve hundred bucks to get a case oh. of it, which wasn't even close to a full set. Oh, I have now been chasing out these other pieces, <laughs> really? and I'm way. I'm still very far away. There's still several five hundred dollar plus cards I'm missing. He's been getting packages in the mail almost daily, <laughs> just filling out card. I have mm-hmm. I have probably four thousand dollars put into it in the last. I don't even think it's sixty days yet. I don't. No, I, hasn't I don't, been, I don't think it's, I don't think it's even been that yeah. yet. I have that into it and all this and. <laughs> It's not done yet. I mean, I think the cards look cool. They do look cool. I've seen them. But I'm yeah, not going to be satisfied cool. until it's finished. Like, it's not It's not a part, or that it's not a pride com- point until they're... Until and that, done. And honestly, that's just a... That's a psychological hole. Right. That... That's why I say if you if you chase for completion, um, if you collect for completion, you're just setting yourself up not to be happy. Well, and there's a, there's a thing to that. So one of my friends is kind of like that with uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, we know him. Uh, yeah, we all know him. <laughs> He's uh, His collection, he currently has a full run of Walking Dead. Well, they're all CGC, too. All CGC and they're all at, at least 9.8. 9.8. And I yeah. know he's chasing 10s no. now. Yeah, he's chasing 10s now, he, but he's got a full run. He is insane. <laughs> he's completely insane. He's well, but, you know, the... Uh, that's a hard... That's, he's putting, well, a, like, a giant uh, hurdle for himself. No, no, but he's yeah. also done a couple other things there where he was buying multiple copies. Absolutely. So yeah. he could flip a copy and get a little bit of profitability. He knows... He's played the game very well about... He maximizing did. his dollar, yeah, his right. personal did. amount of money into he's, it, all this, and that's what he does. He's the king of that. Yes, yeah. he's also like he would. He flipped. I remember he got a six or seven, something low on the end of a graded number one, and he just flipped and bid until that seven became a nine point eight. You know, and he he does that with a few things, and he's just really good at. Moving that in, he got in with the the CGC uh, group, mm-hmm. and you know then mm-hmm. from there got in with the guy that does the pressing, and from the pressing went to the guy that actually does a grading, and then gets a guaranteed grade of certain situations. You know, like he pays a certain thing, and that gives him these certain comics from a different section that gives you this guaranteed <laughs> price because you paid earlier. Mm-hmm. And every every time a new comic comes out for Walking Dead, he gets something in the mail with a nine point eight grade. Well, yeah, and he, well, he might not be paying necessarily top dollar like some people would, no. but he's paying in time. Oh, yeah. He's paying in time invested His time to is, make the collection happen, what he wants it. The, wants it the amount happen. of time that he's put into it 
it shocks me as a huge comic book guy. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a, but at the same time, like you, like we all play video games in here. Oh yeah, how much time would we put into one? Oh game? yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And he sure, does it. Absolutely. He does that. So. With this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a completionist thing, and I'm very much the opposite. I don't need the completion. I need the. I need the arc. I, I look. I search for the arcs and the the stories and the things that I enjoy. Uh, as a Batman fan, I've just kind of accepted that I will never complete the Batman collection. No, you can do it, Rich. You'll be well. I can't well, do well, it. I like to say, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, accepting well, maybe... Well, yeah, right here sitting next to me are Batman and Superman. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I will talk about my feelings about this yeah. in a second. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's to me, I always assume that I'd never have it. So my collection was always going to be a statement on who I have, who I am and who I was as a comic book collector. So I can look at my collection now and know that that collection has been following me since 2006 and really... Uh, tells the story of my journey as a comic book person you know and i really enjoy that um i do like to have everything labeled and such to where it's kind of a crazy thing but outside of that most collectors i think yeah outside of that it's for me it's a history lesson it's it's kind of i'm gonna do the same thing with these podcasts one day i'll be able to look back i'll be an old man and you know, and I'll be able to listen to our, our, our stories and the way we talk. And it's when you have Alzheimer's? Exactly. So you can remember who we are. Who was that? <laughs> was I the guy that did the Darth Vader voice? No, no, that's not you. Oh. No, no. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, so that's that's where my, the that gene comes from. It's, it's, gotcha. It's kind of following a path, and, and it doesn't hurt when you show people your collection. Especially, and I guess it, as a Batman fan, and I'm pr- you probably got this as a Superman fan too, that there's so many people that say they're Batman fans and say they're Superman fans and say that they they like it and blah blah blah. But the second you start talking comics, it's almost ghost land. No one. Yeah, but why it, can't they be a fan of the property? They absolutely can. They can. They can. I'm talking about when you start talking. You can't just say like I'm a Batman fan. But when you go into like subgenre of that fandom, if you start talking like I'm a Batman, I'm a comic book Batman fan. Then it starts getting real scarce. A lot of people kind of fade off. No, you don't have a lot to talk to. I, I say you're <laughs> well, I mean, wrong on that I mean, <laughs> he's talking about like in the outside I, I just, world. That I'm talking about it, the masses. I get it like, about the masses and about comics. Yeah, and if, stuff like in that. here, not so much. But, but yeah. when you're out in the world, it's it's real easy to find that people become fans of certain things. But there's probably more more fans of The Walking Dead as a TV show than there correct. Is a comic book. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and it it does it is a point of pride to me to show off the Batman collection when when I talk about me being a Batman fan. You know. Mm-hmm. It just it's a good base to kind of move up towards the other fandoms. Sure. So um all right, so I'll throw in my two cents here because yeah. uh what what my collection is now is primarily based off the superheroes that I absolutely love and enjoy. Um, and number one of course is gonna be Superman. Uh and I uh, have an, kind of an opposite feeling than you. I am so I am a completionist, but I'm not a completionist in the Keith way. But I'm not a. We're just gonna continue to read what I have. Like you, I'm kind of in the middle. I want a complete run of Superman that I can read. So what that means is people. You know, when I say, "Oh, I'm a Superman fan," people say, "Well, you're never gonna get Action Comics number one." Right. I actually have, I think, probably around 30 copies of Action Comics number one. Well, what do you mean? 
I have I have trades. Reprints. I have yep. I have Promise. omnibuses. I have it. Yeah, I have the reprints that they did in the seventies of it. I can read it, and I want to sit down one of these days, hopefully, <laughs> and read. You're a young man. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> when I'm, I, was say, I think I'm already yeah. getting close to where I don't think I can do it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm missing from right now, uh, from 1987 to right now, I think I'm missing about 20 issues, and I will have anything super related, uh, Superman related. So that's Steel, that's Supergirl, that's Superboy, that is the one shots that they did for the characters that they were introduced into the 90s. That's that's everything. That's easy. Um, the Silver Age stuff has been a little harder, but that's been okay. The Golden Age stuff is where it's going to get tough. It's rough. Yeah, but these, but DC has been putting out these omnibuses, these hardcovers that are beautiful, and we talked about it many podcasts ago. Darwin Cook did the first couple uh, mm. covers for them, and the two that I have, third is on the way because we just ordered it, is the first 75 issues of Superman. Yeah, so boom, right there. I could read the 75 issues of Superman. So I do want a complete run of Superman, not appearances, things like that. But if I could sit down and read Action Comics number one, two, the new Rebirth, and Superman number one, you know, all the way through... Uh, that is the goal. I said, uh, you hold that. You hold out until he hits a thousand, then just start going. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I mean, and, and we've we've talked about this. I love having the first appearances of stuff. Right. That's that's. I have a lot of Superman first appearances. Supergirl, uh, uh, Brainiac. Uh, I mean, and I think Metallo. that's what makes me a bad collector because I don't care about first appearances. <laughs> it doesn't make you a bad collector. No, it's just no, what you care about. I don't think there is such a thing as a bad collector. No. No, it's, it's a, what you, you are. Collect. It's a quirk for me because I. But like, yeah, guys, it's different. It's different ideologies in different ways. You guys were kind sure, enough but. to give me the the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. Uh, you gave me a, you know, I think you probably screwed me, but uh, I was, uh, you guys actually did. Thanks, a really, <laughs> You guys did a really great job at finding it's it and giving it to me. Next week, when Richie will no longer be here. <laughs> hey. um, but I remember you guys holding it and going, Richie actually might want this, and it was a first appearance of Roz, and I really did want it. Like I didn't know I wanted it, but it wasn't something that I'm searching for. But when you showed it to me, I desperately wanted it, and I was really happy for having it. But it, it's very awkward in my collection. <laughs> my collection stops at like 700, and then I have First Appearance of Roz and 500 something. So <laughs> it's just sitting there. It's like, oh, there, there's my. Chilling. Yep, there's my. You would hate my collection. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. my collection's. So I originally started out when I started out buying, I was buying everything, I was keeping everything. Okay. And I was totally yeah. into whatever it was I was reading, I would, I would get the whole run. And then if, if it ended, I'd just be done. Right. You know, there, I didn't do a ton of backtracking at the beginning. Uh-huh. I did a little bit, but not a ton. Right. But I was buying a, a good chunk of stuff. And I think I ended up getting to the point the first time when I had about 100 long boxes. <laughs> and that seemed excessive to me. Mm. So I bit. went and culled the herd, kind of like, not to the extent that Keith did, where right. I brought everything in and was like, I've you can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite do that. Right. I think I probably about half the collection uh-huh. and brought it in because I, I decided I wanted to start focusing on what I really enjoyed and what I really enjoyed with certain yep. writers. Right. I like certain writers and I like certain arcs as well. But that also means that if I'm going to do that, you know, because I, I, I like Preacher a lot. So I, I, I have the whole run of that. I never got rid of that. I liked um, Animal Man for that Grant Morrison wrote. So yeah. I kept that. You know, but I didn't necessarily have to go beyond that as far right. as my... I, I initially thought I did, 
but I didn't. Right. So then I just cut it and got rid of all the excess I didn't want. Okay. Like, you're a huge Batman fan, and we talked about this the other day. What what two Batman stories do I have? You have Hush. Yep. And Dark Knight. And why do I have Hush? Hush because you have it all signed by Jim Lee. Right. Correct. And if I didn't, if they weren't signed by Jim Lee, do you think I would still have them? No, because you don't like Loeb. Yeah, I would have got rid of them. <laughs> so, but I like Loeb. But so, but I mean, so for me, I, I would have. I have. I've had like part of my collection has been a lot of stuff that I see people that come into the store that they're looking for, uh-huh. but I've already gotten rid of it. Yeah, because right. I like I had a really comprehensive run of Spider-Man originally because I was really into Spider-Man Excellent. to a point in my life. Yep. And then when I decided I didn't want to respire any Spider-Man anymore, all of that went away. Right. I just got rid of it because I the space was more valuable to me than having the comic books. Now for the for the gentlemen that have purged did that hurt at all when you got rid of it no. was there a sense I of loss was, at all i was happy with it because then i could turn around and buy hardcovers because <laughs> <laughs> well, for me personally i actually like my hardcovers i think more than most of my single issues and i have an entire library in one of my rooms oh I, yeah you my, have an yeah, my fiance is gracious enough to let me actually do yes it's very nice <laughs> it, is, it is a very nice collection i like it because i love like the artist editions the oversized ones and I, I love i know a lot of people have a hard time with absolutes and omnis and they think they're too big and they're hard to read me personally the blown up art and the fact that you get everything in one book i love that no that's that is awesome to me so yeah but i never felt any kind of guilt or remorse over giving away my stuff i like i like the knowledge of what i've read i like knowing what i know about those worlds and all this but i i grew to understand that owning the piece didn't matter to me okay and it's interesting to think about because like I think the only thing I actually got real money out of when we sold it was we flipped my Deadpool collection, mm-hmm. yep. which I had at the time every single piece of Deadpool, 100% every variant, Everything. and this was oh, into the all. Daniel Way and all this. So wow, we sold it off in chunks. I mean, it was anything that Deadpool was remotely around, and we mm-hmm. sold it all off. And I got, I got at the time, I want to say it was like 600 bucks for it, but at wow. the time, in comparison, yeah, New Mutants '98 was. 30, 40 bucks. Yep, mm-hmm. right. Yep, yep, I remember that. No, no one cared It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> size astronomically. Right. Yeah. So if I had still had everything today, It'd I would be, be able to flip all my stuff for two to three cars. Mm-hmm. Like, Prom- yeah, yeah, real probably. easy. Yeah. So, may, yeah, like, there's there's a little bit of me on that. Like, I haven't done anything as far as a, a retirement plan. Right. <laughs> so right. kind of shot myself in the face with that one. But right. um, outside of that, no, I don't, I don't miss the... Right. The comics. Okay. And and, and, and yeah, this isn't the first collection I've purged. Right. I got rid of a baseball card collection. I'd love to get rid of a hockey card collection that's <laughs> sitting here. <laughs> right like, now. Yeah. So anybody's listening and you want a hockey card collection, let us know. <laughs> Come talk to us. I've gotten rid of a DVD collection, yeah. which I had. When I when I blew out the DVDs, I had over a 1,000 DVDs. Now, a 1,000 to me also was, if I had a season, like that was one. I got so you. like I had all the seasons of X Files, and yeah, right. that was, and that was that, I didn't count them as seven DVDs a piece, right. kind of thing. So I had huge collections. When I go in on this stuff, I go in pretty deep, but right. I've blown it out several times, and okay. I kind of stay away. The only thing I still hold on to right now are the the comic cards. No, it's huh. and and for and for me, I felt like my biggest thing is I just want to you know I just want to get what makes me happy, right and. And going back to kind of what when we started out, I started out. I've always been a Superman fan. That that has never not been the case. Right. But when I started out, I went, I'm gonna get everything Batman, 
and, you should. And and I got two long boxes of Batman comics. Excellent. And I and I realized that I care more about good Batman stories than just having Batman. Like like for me, um, I don't understand what you're saying. I understand you don't. I get it. I don't get it. But but there are sometimes when I see and we, so that's like what two or three <laughs> stories. That's, yes. Um, that's right. Whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? Right? Yep. Yep. Um, Hold on. Let's let's try to find number two. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing by Frank Miller. That's um, all. This is all. Uh, no, I'm just took a turn. turn. Please continue your story. But, but so 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 I'm sure that I'm sure that when you see a Batman comic, it makes yes. you happy. It does. And you say this is Batman, and people go, "Well, not every Batman comic's been fantastic." But you say, "Every time I see Batman, every time I know that Robin's going to be in here or whatever, it makes you happy." Yes. I don't have that with Batman. I like his pixie boots. There you go. Mm-hmm. I have that with Superman. Okay. Well, people go, "This issue." was not very good and I go you're right but Superman showed up especially the electric blue Superman yeah I mean that's the yeah um, electric blue exactly but but I went you know but but just the care the mythos everything involved makes me happy yeah so so when I discovered that things like and you know things that I never when I was growing up I never knew Green Lantern right one of our friends made me read Green Lantern and I fell in love with Green Lantern and he's another one of my top five uh, top five favorite superheroes and anytime I see his stuff, it makes me happy. Old, new, doesn't matter. Right. And I went, there are people that really, really want this Batman stuff. There are people that are going, oh, I wish I had this Ed Brubaker Batman stuff. Nice. And I went, I have it. Why do I, why should I keep this when there's somebody out there that's going to like it more than me? Uh, and so I brought my two long boxes back in. Mm-hmm. The only thing I've kept is my Kelly Jones because I love his yes. art. Um, but that's a, but that's too. that's a me thing. And everything else I get Batman, I get um, trades um, that I try and uh, you know. And it's mostly stuff I've read before, like Nightfall and right. uh, you know, because I loved that as a kid. But so and I didn't I I've never felt bad because when I get rid of something, I know it's going to go to somebody who wants it, and you know somebody who's going to enjoy it more who's than who's going to do the Richie. Yes. And do the happy dance when they receive yes. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to figure out what the Richie was like, oh, what is it? What What's the Richie? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So from there, we move into comics and we go through trades. But then, like Keith said, you move into, like, statues and Other works of arts. And then you follow an artist or a writer. Yeah. Um... Did that happen naturally for you guys? Did you, or did you read something and go, "This is epic, and this is where I need to go"? Uh, for me, I just I decided I wanted to start buying statues. So it's just the uh, statues are cool. I'm gonna get them. Yeah, and I started uh-huh. I started buying certain statues because I liked the way the sculpts looked, and I was like, "Well, that was easy. I guess I'll buy some more statues." And that turned right. into me owning something like 200 statues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you do have a lot of statues. Well, no, I've gotten rid and of you've gotten rid of a lot of, of <laughs> But statues. like, it, it gets to the point where I just like I said, I, I hit maximum occupancy on this stuff, <laughs> and I got to purge. You know right. what I mean? Sure. But the, yeah, the statues were an easy progression because I really liked the way you know mm-hmm. Daredevil looks in this pose so he's yeah. doing a handstand off a of gargoyle's head that is That's so cool awesome, right? <laughs> I am totally buying this statue um, yeah. and then the same like for me the big thing right now honestly that I've moved into which is uh, a really bad idea unless you have some money uh-huh. is original art oh, oh man the original pages <laughs> I love the original pages it's, it's, right. it's awesome but you if you find one for 40 bucks you you found the you, are, you, you found the steal. leprechaun yeah. with you, the pot of gold at the a, end of the rainbow. As a poor man, when I look at those, I really look at them like like space shuttles. 
Like, oh, it'd be cool to own one, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you think that, but I thought I used to think that too. And then mm-hmm. I just I've been in situations where yeah. I think the average amount I've spent on one is probably about 125 bucks. That's average. That's, that's, really, that's, the, that's bad. not bad because most bad of them that I see are going for like three to eight hundred dollars. Yeah. If you want to cover, you're looking at two G's. Easy. Yeah. So they they can really yeah, and, and be expensive, but they're they one of be. ones, and it's what the original art was. I would I for. would say that the original art is probably a bucket list item for mine. I would definitely like a couple pieces of just original art, and you know the framing it next to the original piece, and maybe well, getting a signature. And what's hard to find is the actual like the good poses. Oh yeah, because you can find panel progression stuff for fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. That's not oh, we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of those things for for. But if you want a really good shot of Batman looking yeah, down on a exactly. villain he's put down right, right now, you're looking at some money. Exactly. So. How much of the heroes in the um, page is going to depend upon the price? You know, who's doing well, it? I know somebody that just oh. got a rebirth original. Art. I did, and that's things that um, I'm with. I'm with Sean, where I have slowly started to get into it. Um, of course, almost everything. Oh, <laughs> <No>, man! <laughs> um, all, all my stuff that I had previously were Superman pages. Uh-huh. I had a page from Action Comics. Uh, I believe it was. I'm trying to remember the issue, but but it, it, it's original from there. An original from Supergirl, uh, and and like Sean said, I found them for pretty good. You know, they're not super crazy pieces, but I like them because they're Superman. But yeah. when Rebirth came out. Uh, I fell in love with that, and I said, I wonder how much some original art would be, because as Sean says, when you look it up, it can go crazy amounts, just crazy amounts. And there were yeah, some crazy amounts Bernie in there. Cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and there were some crazy amounts, like Benji's. you said. Yeah. Uh, some of the artists. I was gonna say we saw some for we, some pretty hard. For some pretty hard. But Ivan Rice had a page that was super fair, and I spent the most I've ever spent on a page, but it was definitely fair. It, it was definitely fair, and I absolutely love it. It's. It's gorgeous. It's, yeah. it's great. It's it's the for people at home. If you have rebirth, it's the when Wally meets Linda, and she doesn't remember she him. She doesn't recognize him. Yep, that's that page, and um and and I, and I love it. And if I had more cash, I would get more stuff because I'd love to own a Kurt Swan, uh, who's a legend in Superman art, a Jack Kirby. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. Good luck. I know. Uh, Jack Kirby would be great. Maybe if you got, like, half of a hand, you might have drawn. Oh, my goodness. We are oh going to be uh, <laughs> celebrating Jack Kirby and his 99th birthday for Kirby's for Heroes on the 28th. Yeah, so, that, that's I mean, going to be. Speaking of awesomeness. Speaking of Kirby and awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it it always melds into other things because I, I never thought I'd ever get a statue. Right. When I when I was first starting out getting comics, I'm like, those are rich people things. Right. And I'll never... <laughs> I I'm think a, actually a lot of people look at it. That way. I, yeah. I did. I did for a while, and I have several black and white statues. I, I purchased black and white uh, Batman statues based on the artist, though. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want a full complete, but artists that have like inspired me and really like pushed me in my Batman mythos. I have to have them. I'm currently looking for a Kelly Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody out there, so is, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, so all right. I mean, from there. I wanted to talk to Keith about his special project, in which, his is, which is really cool. Which is I one like of my yeah. all-time favorite things ever. You have a space for five comics, right? Is yeah. that ten? Ten yeah, it's comics. Ten. It's ten comics. Yep. Ten yeah, comics. So he went from one direction of trying to get everything. Yes. To a complete and total other direction <laughs> of just getting the ten single issues that single issues not runs ten single issue comics of a lifetime yeah. for you. 
and it just that fascinates me beyond all belief. I th I feel like it has a hell of a lot more sentimental value than even I have in my comics, and I was wondering if you could let us in on uh, your your like criteria is it just something that hits you and you know that that's it or is it something that you feel like other people need to recognize as a mass hit or no it's it's personal it's, it's personal it's just 100 percent. what does it feel like individually i mean we went over a lot of this i think it was episode one one yeah, yeah. Um, we talked yeah we talked a little bit if about it catches it. me and i believe it's one of the top 10 comics i've ever read then it can fit into the the, the area. And I have two and a half of them now. I say half because I just realized one of mine was at home just got destroyed. So, <laughs> Which to, one was it? Just the Uncanny X-Men, so it's going to be real uh, easy. I'll replace that with a 50-cent bin. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when it hits, you know, I'll, I'll find it. I'll put it there. I mean, it's, it's an example. I mean, I love the run of Transmetropolitan. I think it's really, really strong and good. I can't think of a single issue that stood out as a defining moment for it and that really was there maybe it's close at the end of the first arc the awesome. him typing on Damn the it, uh, that's awesome him typing on the uh, rooftop mm. that was good I mean that's close but not the bow disruptor gun moment in the bathroom <laughs> I'm there's, there's great parts. I'm in, I mean, there's a great part, but again, it's to be like say transmetropolitan is something that stands as as a complete as a work. body of work. It is really good, right? As as to lend for a single issue that really stands out. I can totally see your point. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of the things most of the things I have on my list that I really like are bodies of work, and so they don't stand out as strong. It's easy for me with Sandman twenty three. It's easy with me with Watchmen four. Like mm. the the conversation that goes on inside of it is such a you know, they use the terminology in a TV of a um, you know episode in a bottle right yeah. where you know everything happens in one one specific part one specific you know like one specific room type thing and all it stands out so strongly in its own uniqueness inside the series mm -hmm. and that's what really stands you know what, what what makes it so great in my mind that's great sure so yeah. That's just um, there's been plenty of stuff that I've enjoyed. There's been plenty of, of, of killer issues. Just right. it really has to be there. It has to be one that I'm thinking of and coming back to in my mind multiple, multiple times, mm -hmm. to, to make it fit in the the, the you know, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. and and that's and that's I think that's awesome too because there are you so save on so much space doing it that way. You you save on a lot <laughs> of space. Still wall space because I mean you want to <laughs> yeah, you want to hang on it, right? Yeah. Which is cool, but but it's true. There are some books that, um, you know, when you think about it, there's some books that just hit you in a single issue, uh -huh. and you just go, oh, you know, every once in a while you go, I have to read that. Um, so I mean, I totally I think that's really cool. Uh, like, um, Sinestro Core one shot the special uh -huh. that blew my mind when I first picked that up. And I read that. I have it digitally, and I have um, a couple different copies. And I'll read it digitally, or I'll pick up the copy and just read that one issue. Just that. Not even the whole Sinestro Core War, because I loved it so much. So it's cool when a single issue can do that. I I just think it's incredible. It's a, it's a very sentimental way, and I'm a very sentimental guy when it comes to my past or the history or even things that I love, and it's, for me, that's awesome. I, I'm definitely, I'm going to steal it. I'm so going to do the same thing. I'll still have Are you going to do single but. issues or are you going to do like top five Batman issues or like what are you, what are you I don't know. Okay. Well, it's, it's something that I think when you look at it, it's definitely a story of you. You know, sure. those 10 issues are Keith and that's, 
it's, nope. it's, I've learned I, dra- I gravitate towards talking head issues. You know, it's yeah. really a, it's really a thing in there. Like, like you I, said, the conversation. You like the conversation. You know, the the one I would consider. I just have I've never actually had the single issues to read it. I've only read it in trade, and all this would be to go back through Pax Romana mm-hmm. and see if there was one that was so impactful to the to the whole thing. Problem is, I feel like that one's gonna be trapped into just that that first that first beginning that setup was so strong mm-hmm. and that it just kind of resonates there and it's not even necessarily it was the best part of the series it just was that I'm so attracted to it because of concept right right I mean it's it's like most most Hickman things it's it's done at at such a high level of quality mm-hmm. but um, to turn around and have something that's just the the one of there and all this like I very much attracted talking heads I'm very attracted towards um, sad endings. Like yeah, these is, this is I, something I'm, I know I'm a sad in my ending guy too. And now I know in my world, like <laughs> if you if you show me a movie where the mo- where the ending is not a happy one, I'm Bet. almost going to give it three more stars out of five just because of that. The rest of it could be trash. <laughs> well, then. Uh, give me a, give the me dog a, died at the end, so all right, yeah, yeah, give, give me a, <laughs> no, but give me a chasing Amy that oh this is all supposed to work yeah, out and it, it doesn't, doesn't work out at yeah. all. <laughs> like that is just it's got me fist pumping. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Sucker! Just, oh, he just it's, fell for it. It's, it's real. Like, yeah, it totally sure. is. All the rest of you know, the normal parts in life and all this don't end every day on a happy note and you know fading off into the sunset while the, hap- while the, the happy know. music plays. It doesn't always work out. It doesn't yeah. work that way. It does work so, with you guys. It's, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's <'cause laughs> we, we're not looking to do raises yeah. yet. Oh, oh, never so. mind. Oh, wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. But, you know, just just having that kind of thing there to, to, to just know that it's somebody who's willing to tell a real tale. I don't need unhappiness in my life. That's all I'm right. bringing up. <laughs> I just want somebody to be to tell me an honest tale. Sure. Mm-hmm. And give me something with honesty into it and all this because it, it carries ten times deeper than the rest. That, I mean, that, that, uh, that carries a lot uh, for me in other situations, but in the medium of comics, I'm the, kind of the opposite. <laughs> I'm all, I mean, I like it based in slight realism, I guess, but the then the crazier you go, the more I find myself wanting to know what happens next. Well, there's, well, a, ton, I, there's a ton of times out there, like, people want, you want happiness and escapism yeah. when you're dealing with comics as opposed to reality and all this. Uh-huh. That's fine, and, and a lot of comics I read are that way. Right. But I think the ones that just stick in my head and all this... That burn, it, yeah. Well, it's just because it's it's not... It's unique. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not typical. It's not yeah. the every one ends like that. And so when it sticks out a little bit differently, it yeah, no. works that way. Uh, no, and, and for me, um, I am... Again, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it too much until you know we're talking about this, but... I think for me, it's always the 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 slight up and then the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like people were super angry about the Force Awakens, right? And I left the theater just going, "I need to know what happens," and, and I love that. Like I said, the Sinestro Core War, the very ending is the villains are together and they're going to take on the DC universe, right. and 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 that little upswing of what's going to happen. I think when you hit that right, it is. Awesome, uh, and and I and I was trying, yeah, that kind of stuff. And another one that I love, which we'll talk about someday, probably is Blackest Night. When I read that first issue, Upswing, I have to get the second issue. So, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. So you're saying your your methodology is very classic heroic tale. Yeah, you need in your world, you need heroes being heroes, 
to turn around and to at the end of the day that they're fulfilling what they're doing out of desire for better or you know obligation for for that that's and I mean uh, that a lot of that comes down to the core as to why Superman is impactful in your in your world yeah absolutely so with you Sean when it comes to indie comics and collecting in that stage like how does that work is it mostly just getting in trades because indie comics do come out in single issues do you think that holding on to the single issues is better than the trades or do you wait like well, how? so for the indie comics, the ones I really, really, really enjoy, and the mm-hmm. ones I, I will go back and look at again, I have all the single issues. Right. Because most likely I've bought them mm-hmm. as single issues. Um, it, it's actually... I'll tell you, as someone that's behind, and so I, I get this really awesome benefit of having read a ton, so you hand me a book, and it's this giant book of just content, and I just get to burn through, like, Strangers in Paradise. I'm just burning through months and months of content and it's fantastic and I think it's a great way to read it the book was out for like 12 years yeah and it's just it's great to have <laughs> that many volumes to just burn through I don't I've never stopped I just keep going well I never read that initially as a single issue that was one book that I went back and had to read after it was over so I was wondering how it takes with the the single issues when you get the that one I like absolutely to had to go back and get the single issues I absolutely okay. had to because awesome. I read it as I read it as trades, and the funny thing is, I my ex wife I used to be married to was super into Strangers in Paradise, and she was getting as it was coming out. Uh-huh. And I remember every year it either landed on her birthday or Christmas. They were he was uh, Terry Moore was putting out a hardcover mm-hmm. that would collect whatever you know issues were coming out for that that six run. Right. And the hardcovers were like fifty bucks every time. I ended up getting her all of them. Oh, I never nice. read any of them. <laughs> You did so you nope. just bought them because she liked because it. I knew she liked it and I, I thought the character designs were really cool and right. but, she, but at the time I was on a different I was on a different level reading different things right that's when I was super into a lot of Vertigo stuff and I was into like really messed up stories mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. kind of was that was my wheelhouse 90s Vertigo that's all you gotta say yeah I was, I was <laughs> yep. super into that and yep. the strange and weird and that's a that's, genre unto itself that's yes. kind of what I was super super reading so stuff like Bone and stuff like Strangers in Paradise I didn't read because mm-hmm. it didn't to me in my mental state I was like yeah I don't want I don't care right and it wasn't until actually I I had divorced my ex-wife that I started reading Strangers in Paradise and I read it and it blew me away and I think it was just because it might have had something to do with maturity level but it also might have had something to do with just where I was in life right well and that's a big thing when it comes to collecting yeah just a quick thing I read that as I read that as trades the pocketbooks as they were coming out yeah and I had to go back and buy all the issues. I was like, I'm a stupid fool for not paying attention to this book. Right. I don't know what I was thinking. I need to go find all the issues. And it is... That, I mean, that's like for indie books, usually that's what I'm going to do is if I can find the issues, I'll probably buy those and keep them that way. Because mm-hmm. they don't really produce a lot of trades for a lot of indies. Right. Or they don't do hardcovers. Like, I, I'm not a big trade person, actually. Okay. Like, one of the only books I have in trades that I won't give up is Cerebus, because I can go back and read those. Right. They never did hardcovers as far as I know, so, God, this would be expensive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, wait, one of these days. I bailed right. on that. I don't know if I could do it, man. Um, but I like that one. I don't have all the single issues on Cerebus. I don't, and Almost. it's it's. I'm about two thirds of the way there. You, you're close. Really I have well. the six hardest ones to get. Yes, you do. So I'm good there. Yes, you do. <laughs> but 
for, like for me, a lot of it just has to do with if I can get it in what whichever medium it's been pre- presented in or pressed in. Okay. And for indie books, right? Because right? sometimes you're not going to get a trade ever. So you're, you're just, just going to get those single issues, yeah. and that's what you're going to get. Okay. So it's sometimes they're just ridiculously hard to find because of that. But I've I've been lucky enough that when I'm looking at like previews and that kind of thing, and I'm looking at what's going to be coming out, and I've done this since the beginning of my collecting, mm-hmm. I can see a book and be really interested in wanting to read it and most of the time it pays off as something that I end up really liking and for some reason gets popular. Right. Like a good example is Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I bought that as it was coming out. I think Uh I'm one of four people in Colorado at the time (laughs) that was buying it when it was coming Uh out. And then, of course, it ended up a top, hot topic, and I think number one's now up to, like, its 28th printing. Something like or that. Or something like yeah, that. Something. <laughs> but I have all the original seven issues, mm-hmm. and I got them as they were coming out, and the scattered months he was putting them out, because they weren't on time ever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they just weren't. Indies, yeah. <laughs> but that just happened to be one that I saw in the catalog, and I was like, this looks like it's going to be funny and mm-hmm. warped, and that's my wheelhouse. I'm buying this. So I've been lucky enough to pick, be able to kind of pick my tastes out of the previous catalog and uh-huh. being able to kind of pay attention to what's going to catch my eye awesome. and be able to keep up on it. Um, what was it? Uh, Charles Burns' Black Hole. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that book came out over 12 years. Wow. And they only did, I think, 12 issues, actually, now that I think about okay. it. it wasn't, I, don't, I actually don't remember how many issues it was totally, but right. I bought them all as it was coming out, and <laughs> I paid attention. And I would see it come up after nine months. Mm. It'd be solicited, hey, the next issue's coming out, I'm all... Yes, <laughs> you know, and then it was always habitually late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No. It's and some of that stuff. I mean, you really got to be diligent and pay attention to it as you get it. But right. if you miss it, it's going to be impossible to go find it again. Hmm. Sure. I so that's why I collected single issues the way I did for indie books. Okay. And it's interesting to see certain books get represses after. 20 years of being out of print, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. like the Puma Blues was a good example. It got a repress a couple years back, and it was a really, it was a really uh, loved book by a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it was out of existence and out of people's minds for 20 years, and then boom, mm-hmm. here's a hardcover. Enjoy. Yeah, it's the whole thing. <laughs> and everybody's Just like, what? <laughs> what is this? Puma what? what? Puma now what? <laughs> so, that brings me to my last question, and that is, how often do you actually enjoy your collection? Okay. Sometimes you, like for me, I'll, I'll go to the grind of capturing filing and things like that and I never look and go damn this is nice look at look at all this and kind of open and look at my statues and I things will like say that. it's a different world on this side of the counter yeah okay it's harder to enjoy your collection I'll put it this way so if you we owned a pizza parlor and we all ate pizza every day yeah how often are you gonna want to go home and eat more pizza yeah probably not very it's, often it's very hard yeah and it's one of those things where where we, we all sort comics we all <laughs> yes. bag and board comics yes so we, when I go home and I look at my 12 long boxes of unbagged and boarded stuff <laughs> yeah. my desire to do that not super high yeah I, I will say that I was even t- talking to Zach that that's kind of sneaking into my life as well now that I've been here a bit I, I told him I was like it feels like I don't clock out because yeah, I, I gotta get go home, home and I have to read more comics. I, I have to read these comics or I'm just gonna fall behind you know and and it well and I'll go through spurts too where I don't read comics for two months Mm-hmm. And then I'll read something like 130 issues in like one day. Yeah, and I can see that easily happening. So, oh you know, yeah, it's yeah, something I mean, that can easily. Uh, and that's why I brought it up is because I just recently um, filed and put away about six months worth of comics, and um, 
when I have I, six years you can come over and do it if you want. <laughs> I'm not doing yours, no. I have six years. <laughs> it's not happening. But <laughs> I was in storage I, for about two and a half to three. <laughs> yeah. And I was just uh, adding to the boxes. So you can come over. <laughs> no, they're they're alphabetized now. You, but you can like bag them and board them and put it's them all away from me. Not it's fine. You can even bring your little label maker for me. <laughs> so, I really so like cool. my label maker. <laughs> uh, so, and, and for me, um, I have not had a altogether complete collection organized ever. I was say, I don't think you've ever done it. Uh, ever. So um, the it's only thing great. the only thing that I have right now is my Superman, Green Lanterns, and Justice Leagues, and Hellblazers. Those are all organized. But then I have a 10 by 10 storage unit full of unsorted comic books. <laughs> so yeah, if you, you want to collect all the Superman, you'll never even know if you actually have it. That's very uh, true. Uh, yeah. I know yeah, it's, it's way too many issues, dude. It's just too yeah. many. For the Superman, the Superman family, oh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, Superman's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Lois Lane, You'll never know. Superman's dog. You, you may own it today, and you have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I've gone through my storage <laughs> unit for Superman stuff, so I know there shouldn't be anything in there. But uh, but yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, like I said, it's it's just an interesting phenomenon that uh, I mean, my collection is very important to me. I really do appreciate it, and it's it, it is rare when I just get to look at it and go awesome you know like pull out a few kind of sure. see where they're at look at the condition put them all back nice neat mostly oh, I used to love to do that when I was first collecting yeah. I would pull out my 50 comics I owned right. and I'd put them like in my room on my floor oh, and I'd yeah. look at them all and be like these are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I, and I I'd remember, put them all back away I remember being so proud when I <laughs> bought my first long box I mean, I have a long box. You just sit like... <laughs> and I was... I showed my girlfriend at the time. Sit there like I showed my friends. Did she point and say, nerd? No, she was like... You know, she was I was like, going to say, that's, that's a very nerdy thing, is just sitting there staring at your long box. You have your smoking yeah. jacket on, and just like, I am well, it's, God. Well, it's because of the... Like, especially when you're first reading, it's the enjoyment and the surprise and the, surprise, right? the love you get out of this medium. That yeah. You, that you don't... You might get out of other mediums, but I mean, this is... This is a definitely a different medium than every other medium could be. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's a mixture of a couple different things, and it, it, it's it's very personal. But at it the is. same time, you can still share it with people. I think yeah. The yeah. interesting thing is that I actually get a little bit more excitement out of other people's collections. Uh, well, yeah, I've brought people over my house and been like, hey, check this out. I have this thing in there. Yeah, oh, They're way more collection. excited that I have the yeah. thing than I have the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love so, your collection. I think it's great. I like, really enjoy it. Like, yeah, I have this, you know, giant size X-Men right here. I got you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, holy God! Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, it's the same thing. My, my brother brings friends over, and they all see, you know, look at my comic book collection, and they lose their minds. And I was, I've, it's been so long since I've looked at my comic book collection and went, oh, yeah, it's, I guess it's pretty decent, you know? Well, it's because you're not on the hunt for that thing anymore. Right. But when I when I went to your house, I lost my shit. You have a great collection. I can't wait. to. We have a special guest next week. Who has a particularly really good collection? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'd actually be willing to go uh, bag and. Yeah, I mean he's uh, got me a, too. We would all go have a party, but <laughs> yeah. anyway. But he's, he's got actually a great asked me when I was going to come over and do it. Yeah. Yeah. We should have a, f- a full party. We'll all go. <laughs> it just you know so there is still that love for a person that collects in my head, and I think that. You know, just being part of this medium, it, that's a special thing that you have in comic books and, and the statues and the, the art and everything combined inside of that. It just exp- it opens yourself to really dive into the passion. Yeah. And it's something that I'll, I'll never lose. Well, there's so many various ways you can collect. Yep. Just from the four of us sitting here. There's yeah, so many different there's, ways. It's just... 
You can just do original art if you wanted to. Yep. Yeah. There are some people and who just read, do that. Read the comics as digital files. You could do that. There's some people. So. Yeah. And and like I said, there are some people who, uh, and we've talked about this before, that are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for our two guys, Batman and Superman fans, that don't own a comic book but have cars and rooms full of yeah, stuff I because I they want the... that have, t- have taken their trucks and completely superman them out yeah because they like superman that much that every aspect of their car is either painted or has yep. some kind of thing that does with that goes with and superman how many superman mm-hmm. comics have they owned probably they had none none yeah. Yeah. yeah so i mean the collections is a you know it's a it's a it's unique as just as the individual so well and that it's also what makes everything as successful as it is you know it's something that Unfortunately, they've learned with the cons is that we are not only the people that will follow your product, but we'll buy the toy, we'll buy two of the toys, we'll get open one, <laughs> we'll get the t-shirt. <laughs> so, so, I mean, for those of you that are collecting, you know, maybe you can, what I'd be interested, if you have a c- collection and you want to try to break that collection down to three issues and that, see if you can if do you it. had to keep... If you had to keep only three like Keith. What would you keep? What would you keep? That's I want to know. That would be interesting. Yeah, put that Here. put that in the comments if you have it. Yes. I want to know... That would be, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That yeah. would be fun. So, I don't even know what my three are. I don't I don't either. I know one. I got one comic in my head. But That sounds like a topic for another podcast, actually. So, <laughs> if we were all Keith, what would we be? <laughs> the four Keiths. That's <laughs> a band name. Yeah, well, we would be a doo-wop group. Awesome. <laughs> so... Like I said, next week we have a special guest. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, yeah, go uh, for it. His name's Rich. What's yep, Rich Vincent. Vincent. Vincent, thank you. He's yep. from Collection Door. I like his name. I think it's a great <laughs> name. <laughs> he he, uh, he he actually uh, patented and created the uh, collection doors that we sell here at the mm-hmm. shop. He has an amazing collection that we're going to really dive into. And then. he's been buying off the spinner racks cool. since. Well, our focus of what we're talking to him about is storage. comic book storage. How, how are you storing it? How are you? You know what yeah. protects it? What you know? Proper and improper. How do we keep that collection myths, nice? How do you, you know, keep it nice? And things yeah. like that. And so until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Later, y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.